The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to the Yellow Block Podcast on the TalkSpot Fun Network. Since we last recorded, we've played twice. We're into the next round of the Pizza Cup and we all fell asleep at Sinsel Bank. I'm Tim and discussing, ever, discussing even everything posh for the last week, I have two opposites for a boxing showdown. In Pessimism Corner, weighing in with dodgy hair and a grumpy persona, it's Mr. Dan Topknot Weldon. Hello, sir. Hello, I'm very excited to be discussing everything with you uh, <laughs> regarding the football over the last couple of weeks. Rick. And completing this Royal Rumble match in the opposite corner, weighing in at 8,200 pounds, it's Mr. Jared, three times host of the season. Farmer, hello. Yeah, hello. <laughs> oh, he's so grumpy. Uh, we did get a comment in after our last episode. Emerald Posh is in with his uh, weekly, well, I'll say him, I'm, I'm assuming it's a him, uh, in with their weekly uh, evaluation of our show. They've put better than average, which I think is probably the best we've had quite a while uh to be honest uh, so we'll take that uh and we're also we're going to go back to 1999 and you, you'll see the intro to the show and why that was relevant here because we've had an email jared uh well and dan i mean it's relevant dan you're, you're old enough to know what an email is um so uh yeah this is from eddie he's put good morning yellow block so i'm sat here at 3 a.m watching the royal rumble and questioning as a grown man why uh, but i thought to myself what would make a great posh 11 to enter the royal rumble so he's then listed 11. So we've got Stone Cold... Fuck's sake, it helps if I can read. Stone Cold Steve Evans, uh, Rob Van Dam Butler, Brett the Britman Hart, uh, George the Animal Boyd, Hulk Hogan Ephraim. Ephraim. This is the problem is it helps if I can read. that. That's kind of key to the role that I'm in here. Uh, Dan the King Lawler, Mark Little Guido. Now, I have no wrestling knowledge, so Dan, I'm hoping from your face that you'll be able to correct my pronunciation here. Macho Man Randy Thompson, Kane Ferdinand, like that one. Ivan Tony Koloff. Dan, help me out. Koloff. Why are you looking at me? Well, I thought you'd be a wrestling fan. I don't know. Dwayne The Rock Johnson Clark Harris, uh, managed by Grant McCann of Whoopass. The location of the Posh Royal Rumble is Marcus Madison Square Garden. Like it. Uh, happy to hear any alternatives. Keep up the good work, Eddie, from his mum's basement. Um, Cheesy this- chips all over the floor at Marcus Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's clever, Eddie. I feel like you've put a lot of thought into that, probably not helped by the fact that A, I couldn't read, and B, I've probably mispronounced some wrestlers' names there because I'm not going to lie, I was never really interested. And I remember when it was WWF before the World Wildlife Foundation took that back and said you can't, can't use that. 
See, I would question how bad this pay-per-view event was for for him to have enough time to sit there and think about every single one of those names. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Do you remember? See, I remember WWF days. Jared, you're like, help, no, actually, you're, yeah, I don't know, you might be a bit young here. I'm not sure. I don't know. If I said Beehive Bedlam, does that mean anything to you? Some weird Barnet Football Club podcast. Oh, no. Oh. How dare you? It's the greatest game that you've ever had on your interactive television box. <clears throat> oh, on back... Sky? Was it on Yeah, on Sky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I do remember a Bumblebee floating about. When my, oh, my brother's older than me, he used to play that, yeah. Yeah, but that's it reminds me of a conversation we were having just before we came in air where we were talking about British Bulldog and you ref- thought it was a PlayStation game, uh, which is why I kind of thought I'd throw the Beehive, you know, Bedlam question at you just to see if you'd ever heard of that one. No, we, we couldn't afford Sky, so after a month, we had to stop playing it. <laughs> after a month, after the free trial. Sky, I mean, Sky's changed, isn't it? Beehive Bedlam was a thing. I feel like that should... Surely that's come back on mobile or something. Like, they must have reinvented that somewhere. That was too much of a like a cult hit to not be not be a thing. I feel like somebody should. Uh, let's talk football, though. Uh, some news that's come out of the club today. We have a new investor... Mr. Ian Crawford, um, this, I mean, blindsided most of us. Uh, I don't think we really saw this come in. Uh, it's been really well received from what I've read on, on social media. Jared, what's your thoughts on, uh, yeah, on Mr. Crawford joining the team? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't shocked. Obviously, him and Dara have got business interests elsewhere, haven't they? So, obviously, Ian's a posh fan, local businessman, really, really successful in his own field. So, I think he's acquired... Five percent is it, and a place on the board. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Let's see see what it brings. Do you think it will bring uh, money to the club? In terms of, I don't just mean the fact he's bought five, oh, sorry, purchased five percent. I do you think that he there will be more money for the the club to spend on players and transfers? No, no. I think it will be more fresh ideas, um, and yeah, just another voice. Really, um, obviously, he'll have a say in things as a five percent shareholder but yeah no I don't think there's going to be an influx of cash if that's what you're asking yeah it was what's your knowledge of his like background what sort of businesses does he come from is he is he from the like football field or um I know he's obviously got the leisure wear company um and I think there's an investment group he's involved in he was briefly involved uh with a football club before at Spalding United um I don't know how long for but I remember him being involved in that Obviously, that's past hands now. So, yeah, he's had, he's flirted with sport, put it that way. I noticed on his uh, ex account that he, he's, he's proud, basically saying it's a really, really proud day. So, he's got that social media presence as well. Now, we had a, a, an investment company show interest before, Dan. In fact, we had a, you know, a couple of Canadians from an investment company uh, flirt with the club for a while. Uh, I guess my natural uh, defense mechanism and the reason I throw this to you is is this something that we need to be guarded of, or is this all but good news for the club? I guess it's a bit of both, isn't it? At the end of the day, he's not acquired a great deal of the club. I think the reports say 5%. I don't know how true that is, but that's that's what I've, I've read. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's extremely minority. Um, if we look at the short term, a bit of cash in, maybe it means we can make a signing in January. That would be nice. Um, maybe a right back. Ooh, lovely. Um, but, you know, if we look at long term, I don't think it's going to make much difference unless Ian's got the money to buy out Dara long term, um, which, you know, 
that's all assuming that Dara even wants to leave anymore. So who knows? I'll tell you what I would say. I hope he got mates rates because uh, on Dara's party, I think he, he quoted that 1% of the club would be 220 grand, which is fucking madness. Uh, but one thing I would say about Dara is he uh, he gets the prices off, often that he requests. So yeah, fair play to him. But yeah, I would not be buying in at that. See, I remember when you put this in a group chat the other day uh, about 1% costing that much, which would mean that to buy the club would be 22 million, right? If my maths is correct. So, and, and you were all talking about how that was crazy and unrealistic. I, I might be in, I know there's debt involved and I might be being a bit daft here and it probably doesn't include the stadium and so on and so forth. But 22 million doesn't actually seem that much for a club of our size. Maybe I'm just being unrealistic. Perhaps I'm being paid too much. I don't know. But 22 million doesn't, for what you're getting. 22 million does sound a little bit ridiculous for a League One club. Um, but I, I see the problem is, is that you've not really got anything to compare it with. Like there, there have been clubs in League One that have been taken over in the recent history, like, you know, last five years. But we're talking Derby and, and Bolton, and both of them were taken out of administration. So if you look at, the way football's going and everything's sort of shooting up in price, maybe 22 million for a little old club like Peterborough is about right. To me, it does seem a bit high. We haven't really got football rights. You know, we don't get a lot of money elsewhere from anything other than selling players and gates. Um, so I, I, I don't know. If that's the price he's paid and that's the price he's willing to pay, then at the end of the day, that's what the market will pay. You know, it, something's only as worth as something is only as valuable as another person is willing to pay for it. Yeah, I doubt, I doubt, I doubt he has paid that much, if I'm honest, because I know that they they work together in other businesses, don't they? But I suppose you know it remains to be seen in terms of what impact this will will have. But he joins, um, yeah, joins the board. Uh, it will be, I suppose, it will be interesting. You mentioned about the transfer window, Dan, and. I mean, you'd probably argue it's maybe a little bit too late for any kind of impact on that now. The, the transfer window shuts in a couple of days. So maybe it's a bit late for that. But it will be interesting to see what we uh, hear development-wise uh, in terms of the boardroom over the next few months. In terms of transfers, um, none in. But unfortunately, we've lost one today. Uh, Steer has left the club uh, immediately. Um, the interview that's been done with Darren Ferguson basically says that Steer wasn't happy to not take any guarantee that he would be number one. Uh, obviously, Bilo is back fit now and was always allegedly meant to play in the Pizza Cup this week against Wimbledon. And ergo, Fergie couldn't guarantee that Steer would be number one. And I'm I'm struggling with this, if I'm honest, Jared, because the only reason I can see that he wouldn't give Steer that promise is that we can't afford to keep him on we need to free up a position to make a signing elsewhere if we're looking at ffp rules and stuff like that i can't see why you would not give steer that guarantee because any fan and surely any manager at this level knows that steer is the superior keeper out of three yeah 100 percent. and i think darren knows that as well i'm pretty sure he'd want to want to keep him but i don't know i am on the fence a little bit i'm, I'm really good to lose him because He's head and shoulders above Bilo or Tally. Um, I think we've all noticed that as well. You could, he, he has installed an element of calmness in the back four, which we need at the minute without Kyoso. Um, but to for a player to demand almost that he starts every game, I don't like that. Um, 
who's you know you, I don't think you can as a manager. I don't think you can say you are hundred percent starting every single game because what if the attitude drops off or what about if he if he can't catch a ball for the next two games or something like that? Yeah, I don't like that. So I understand why he probably couldn't offer him that. I think he, I think the conversation was that he said that Bilo was going to start uh, the Pizza Cup game. Well, as a number one, you'd expect that anyway. I'd have thought because it's the it's like a secondary trophy, isn't it? So. Yeah, a little bit maybe arrogant of of Steer to presume that, but um, yeah, it's disappointing. It is a big loss, hundred percent. Yeah, it is and I suppose two points to to you, Dan. Firstly, Fergie's interview was quite interesting. I don't know if you've seen this, but his exact wording was along the lines of, um, "I was frustrated by the whole situation." Now, I might be reading too much into this, but it does maybe suggest that it was a decision that was made above him. Uh, and again, I might be reading too much into that. And secondly, um, Nathan, one of the hosts on on this pod, suggested it might cost us the top two. Uh, do you think that's the case? And, and what do you, do you make of the Fergie interview? I, I, th- I think you need to look at it from the player element as well. I mean, Jed Steers coming from Aston Villa as his last club. He's not really played a lot of football to say how experienced he is and, and his age. You know, he's been second fiddle, if not third fiddle, the majority of his career. So to go to a lower league club and say, you know what, I want to start every game. If he's got the ability, which, you know, many would argue that he's shown that he has in the last few games. I think it's a fair ask. Now, is it a fair ask at Peterborough? I don't know. I think really given his performance over the season, Bill Kapic has done enough for me to earn number one. And he was only really dropped, obviously, because he was injured. You know, you can't play someone who physically can't play. So Jed Steer came on the understanding that he was going to be a temporary fix to a problem that we have within the squad in, you know, Blackmore being unavailable and Bill Kapic being injured. That's no longer the case. So, Bye-bye, Jed Steer. You have to consider the element of of the, his wages. You'd imagine they're quite high, again, given experience and given past clubs. Um, so there's obviously that element, and we know how how um, sort of diligent the club is being with their finances this season. It's a very calm way of putting it. Um, but I, I, whether it's going to cost us top two, I don't know. I think realistically we're going to suffer more on the right side than we are a goalkeeper. If we're not creating anything on, on the right midfield and on the right defensive, you know, Kyoso and Poco have been fantastic all season there. If we lose those two, which we evidently just have Poku being injured and again, Kyoso going back to his parent club, that's affecting us much more than the keeper position is. If we can, you know, defend well and keep shots away. It doesn't matter what keeper we've got. You know, all they have to do is save the odd ge- uh, goal. And Jed Steer had hardly faced a shot against Lincoln. So, you know, realistically, there are other areas of the squad that we have to strengthen. And if the money comes down to it as the bottom line, I'd rather we spent money on a right back than a goalkeeper. Fair enough. One of the players that we we were linked with, if I'm honest, I think this was always going to be a bit pie in the sky. Um, Ali Al Hamadi uh, has left Wimbledon to go to Ipswich. Apparently, we were linked with him, the striker. I don't think this was ever going to happen. We are, however, being linked with, uh, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Michael Olakibi from uh, Brentford. Played a couple of times for Brentford in the Premier League this season. Uh, this is a uh, wing back. So, I mean, Dan, I, I guess it's that position. It feels like it's the obvious position if there is going to be an income in it surely has to be ideally one that can play left and right back but but definitely right back you'd feel yeah i think it has to be we're struggling in depth 
you know, every single game that we've played this season, you would say we're struggling with depth because we've got no one to bring on. You know, we lose Serge at the start of the window. We lose Kyoso a couple of days later. We haven't got anything behind Burrows and Katongo. So if we can bring someone in that's dual threat, can play left and play right, that's fantastic. It kills two birds with one stone. Even if they're not experienced, just to have something would be nice. Um, so, yeah, if we can get the player from Brentford, I'm, I'm very chuffed with that. Question for you, Jared. If So we talked about losing players this window and how that was the key. Would you take not having an income in against not losing a player? Is that still a good window for us if we get to, to Thursday evening and that's the case? Yeah, I mean, depend what player, wouldn't it? But certainly one of the star ones, yeah. I was hoping to see the back of JCH, not because he's a bad player or anything, but just because I know that that would have... If JCH would have accepted the chart enough, well, Kyoso would be a PB United player now, I'm pretty sure of it. So I think that's stalled everything, hasn't it? Um, things are obviously tight with the FFP ruling. Shame not a team like Forest, who doesn't have to, don't have to abide by them rules, do they? So, um, yeah, hopefully we don't lose any. I don't, I'll probably talk about it later on in the show, but I know there's interest apparently with uh, Mason Clark. So, yeah, losing one of them now would be, well, be catastrophic to the chances of automatic promotion when it, or even playoffs. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that now. EMC's had a, a fair bit of interest. Poku did. I think if there's ever a good time for him to have had an injury, it was probably when he was because it nullifies that interest, doesn't it? So I feel like Poku will stay. Mason Clark, though, continues to get interest from several championship teams. It's all gone quiet on the Edwards front. JCH, it would appear, uh, is is now ours until the, the end of the season. He, he made it to the, the Lincoln squad on Saturday as well. I mean... I guess we'll summarise the the transfer window next week when we when it's definitely shut. But of those players, I suppose, I mean, Jared, would it be would it be Mason Clark? Would he be the? I, I, you know, I'm looking at the big players there. If you're losing Edwards versus a Mason Clark versus somebody like maybe a Kipriano, where's the where would be the kind of fatal position for us to to lose if it did happen? I think Mason Clark or Paku. We've noticed Paku. Being out of the squad, haven't we? Hugely, yeah. that right side is completely dead. I know that that's a part of you know Kyoto not being there as well, not having a natural right back. But yeah, you just see how important Paku is to the team when he's not playing. And to take May, uh, Mason Clark, which I'd argue he is a little bit more influential than Paku, um, certainly like goal involvements and things like that. Um, yeah, I think I think Mason Clark would be the one that would yeah just just pack up down tools. In the interests of uh, you know clarity and balance, uh, after last week's episode, the pair of you came for me uh, and weren't particularly happy with comments that were made about um, Ricky J. Jones. Uh, my argument to you was basically shut up, and you said that's very mature, Tim. Grow up a little bit. Um, but my argument here, and whoever wants to you know come at me first, so to speak, you know, crack on. But my argument was that he is not a starting striker for us at the moment. I. 100% understand what he does in terms of creating off the ball movement and chances and we said that on last week's pod I think that's fair to mention but as a striker his decision making and his finishing is not good enough and if there is anything that's going to cost us league one um sorry cost us uh, top two I don't I agree with you Dan I don't think it is the goalkeeper and I don't think it's actually that right wing as much as that will scupper us and hers I think it's that forward position now if we've got JCH back fine but we all agree doesn't really fit into this team windowsill unfortunately hasn't really kicked on yet as much as i would have hoped so i feel if there's a position that we actually need between now and, and thursday night it's a striker 
Uh, it's not a right back as much as I would love one. I feel like it's that striker position. How about me? Yeah, I don't disagree that we probably do need uh, something else. But it wasn't that. It was, you know, how we've been praising Ricky J. Jones in recent weeks and how he's come on physically. He, You know, he has improved his positional play, which we've all kind of agreed to. And then, yeah, he had one bad game and you've got people on the podcast saying, you know, he shouldn't be in the team. Um, couldn't it abandon or, or along them lines? I know you didn't go all in like that. But, um, yeah, I just thought he looked quite short-sighted and looked a bit reactional, which you're normally quite good at keeping a level head Tim so yeah well I did listen to it and I thought bloody hell this is a bit bit strong because I think he's been he's been quite good this season yeah but it's not one game though is it and I said this to you when you when you when you came at me it's when he he's he's had it he had a run of three or four games where he looks better but I would still argue that he's if you you look at our our starting 11 consistently through the season he's the one player that you would maybe change uh, in that starting eleven. I, I get what he does off the ball. I get how it affects opposition defenses, but I don't think that's enough because the amount of ch- if we had a striker, a good striker that could score goals, we would be top now comfortably. There are games that we've either drawn or lost because we haven't. We've created the chances. I know you don't like XG, Jared, but our XG would suggest that we should be bottom bottom of the Premiership at the rate we're going at the minute. We are we are creating chances for fun. But we're just not scoring them. And that's because Ricky J. Jones can't hit a barn door. I think you're being a little unfair there, Tim. I, I'll i go back to what you said previously, that you don't think Ricky J. Jones is a starter in this posh team. Well, let's take signings out of the equation for a second, the JCH out of the equation, because he's obviously not fit for the team. You know, not saying he's not a good player at all. He's a fantastic player, but he just doesn't fit into the system. If you take uh, uh, Jono out of the equation, he is the starter because he's the only striker in the team. Like you said, Windersill's just not there yet. We've got two strikers. You know, We haven't got much choice. It has to be Ricky. Now, yes, I agree that he's squandered some chances this season, but I don't think you can say that with an out-and-out striker, we would do much better. Now, he gets into positions because of his pace, because of his agility, his athleticism. You know, in the reason Johnny doesn't fit into the system is because he is an out-and-out striker. He's that target man. He's the forward that, you know, makes the runs that you want him to and then finishes the goal. And, you know, he's dual threat. He's got the head. He's got the, the left foot of, of, I would say, magical ability. But, you know, apparently we don't like JCH anymore. And it just doesn't work in this team because the thing that Ricky gives us that other strikers wouldn't is that pace. He draws players away far too often to let the wingers cut in and give us options that way. Poku wouldn't have scored as many goals as he has. You know, Ethron wouldn't have scored as many goals as he has this season. He didn't have Ricky in front of them, making those channels, making those runs and pulling defenders away. And everybody in this league defensively is scared of Ricky J. Jones, not because of his football ability, because he's so bloody fast. They just don't know what to do with him. And I don't think any of us are saying to him that, you know, his pace is enough. But like Dan said, you really noticed it when JCH started, I think V Barnsley at home, how cramped the play was and no one had any room. It was all played in the middle. You know, the wing play weren't really there. It, it was boring. It looked like we had just completely changed how we play. And then put Jay Jones back in there. And, you know, Poku, Mason Clark had got space. Uh, Ricky Jay Jones constantly running behind. Kiprianu's running forward. I just, I know it's... He really does change the way we play. And I think that is why we have been so good going, good going forward this season. 
um, because of the chances he creates for himself and for others. Yes, his finishing can improve hugely, but he has finished off some really good chances. Um, I think a couple of years ago, that Derby winner he got, I know, I don't think he'd have been alert enough to, to put that in. Um, I know it come off the top of his head, and he, but in that position where it was dropped at his feet, I think he'd, he'd have put it, he'd have put it wide or over. So there has been marked improvements from him, and um, do we give him more of a chance because he is one of our own? We've said that before, possibly, but for me now, he's certainly the best option we've got by a country mile. Yeah, but therein lies the problem. You're comparing him to JCH. You talk about the Barnsley game there, but you can't compare him against JCH because they're completely different types of players. And Dan, in, in response to your point, there are players out there who can provide both, i.e. the pace and the movement and the ability to finish. I'd argue Craig McHale-Smith was that type of player. He was fast. He scared defences because of his movement both on and off the ball. But his ability to finish and know where that goal was, was natural. Ricky J. Jones doesn't have that. Ricky J. Jones isn't a striker. He's a very, very, very fast winger at a push, maybe. That's probably the hole that you would fit him into. He's not a striker because he doesn't have that ability to just think. He just does, does it naturally. He's, he overthinks everything, and you can see that in his decision-making. And my argument has always been, and still is the case, his improvement hasn't been, the trajectory of his improvement hasn't been enough for the amount of time that he's been at the club and the amount of games that he's played. No other player would have been given as many games at this club as he's had. We've had some superior talents who have not been given as much time as as he has. And I feel at some point, as a, as a club, we just have to go, do you know what? We so badly wanted that to work out, but it's just not getting it. I, I still think you're being unfair. Like I, I know what you're saying about chances, and you know, again, like you've both said, maybe we do give him a little extra because he's one of our own. But you have to bear in mind the position that the club's in. We're not in a position to go out and sign these dual threat strikers, the ones that you know, Craig Mikhail Smith and the likes. You know, we can't afford to do that right now we haven't got the budget we haven't got the ability in the market and you have to bear in mind the way football in general is going now the time of the striker has well and truly left us you can count on you know your fingers and toes the amount of top level strikers that are out and out strikers and it's it's few and far between most of them are false nines wingers converted and they you know they're just it's not the way football's going so for us to have a winger as a striker in this league and creating space and giving us channels, it's probably a good move from Fergie and shows that he's actually developing as a manager. Do you not think though, Dan, if, um, if we'd have signed Ricky J Jones for a couple of hundred grand, some are just gone. Do you not think we'd have a different opinion of him that, do you know what this 100%. is? He, he's a young lad. He's, he's got potential. And because we've seen all the previous stuff and don't get, don't forget, he, he come on when he was like 15, 16 years of age and, what is he now, 20, 21? I think he's just turned 21, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they are the development years. And even now, he's still got three or four years ahead where he really will he'll push on. So, I do think we have seen a lot of him. So, maybe we're judge, you're judging him on that slightly because he has, he did stand still, didn't he? Um for a good few years where there was no development. And I, I completely agree on that. And that was down to injuries and whatever else. He, he didn't get into the team. Flirted with it a bit in the championship, had a couple of good games as I kept going on about that Swansea home fixture. But um, yeah, I do think it was harsh last pod. And I really enjoy him starting for Posh at the minute because 
as I've just explained, how he makes the team play and and his impact on on the first eleven is is really important. All right, here's one then for you. He's 21. There's another player in our squad that's 22. Answer me or, or explain to me from a footballing perspective why Ricky J. Jones is better than Jacob Wakelin. Because I've seen Ricky J. Jones play football and I haven't seen Jacob Wakelin play football. <laughs> he sits on the bench well, though. He's quite good at that. Is it, he does keep that bench warm. But the point I'm making is, if and to use the, the example you used, Jared, if we'd signed Ricky J. Jones in the summer instead of Jacob Wakelin, say, I don't believe that Ricky J. Jones would be getting the game time that he currently is. He's getting it because he's one of our own. He's probably on a lower wage than, than those players that we would bring in. He, you know, We feel some sort of responsibility to keep trying with this lad. It's the pace. The pace gets him in the team. It is, but there has to be more than that. You can't get to 21 no, years old as agree. a professional footballer and just be fast. No, I agree. I do agree completely. And that will, if he doesn't develop, he'll always be League One, League Two. But pace will always get him a game. Now, yeah, if he, I fully get what you're saying. But for the way we play football at the moment, pace is vital. Where we've played in the past, with all, you know, the crosses into the big man and stuff like that, different. But now, and again, as a winger, he doesn't have that delivery. So he wouldn't have fitted into that team. But now when we want that player running off people, stretching defenders, Ricky Joe Jones is the only option we've got. And I think he's a good option. So why, why, based on the attributes that you guys have mentioned there, why are we not putting him as a number 10? Why are we not having him run off a striker who can finish? Because he can still create those problems. He can still move the defence, but there's somebody there that knows how to score. Oh, yeah. I think he's better running off the last man, um, getting in behind and really, really stretching him with the pace. He could do that from 10, I suppose. But I think from a number 10, you want more distribution as well. I don't think he's he's got that to his game. Um, we're running, we're running out of things he's good at here, aren't we? Apart from no, he's case. good at. I'm the last man, like I've just said, uh, stretching the team and getting other players into, and he finishes as well. We're being far too harsh on him. He, he's made some really good uh, goals this season, and he's he's created errors for other players to score. So yeah, I think um, you're being harsh on him, not you, Dan, but Tim and and the other two fellas from last week. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think he'll show you all up as well. Hopefully, the next com- couple of weeks, he'll he'll bag a couple of goals. We need a striker. That's what this squad is missing. The right side, yeah, that needs attention now. Kerry says it's gone, but I do think that that will, once Paku's back, hopefully a bit of game time if, between him and Katongo. We need a striker. That, that's the bottom If line. Jones stays completely fit the whole season, I'd be com- confident going with what we've got, providing we can sort that right side out. I Don't get me we- wrong. Squad's bare, and like I say, injuries would have a huge impact on us we've seen that with Kyoso leaving Paku being out that the other players coming in are not good enough but again we knew that finances and everything was going to be a little bit thin on the ground so we are where we are Let, let's see what happens we have been incredibly lucky with suspensions and injuries I think that's a key part but I suppose the point I was making is that Jones does have a place to play but he's not a starter you talked about the, the squad not being good enough I feel like he falls into that that bracket he's not one of these starting 11 amazing players that we've got. He's an impact sub that you bring on when the defence is leggy and you need a bit of pace. Has anyone seen the rumour of a, another right-sided player we might be signing? Go on. Joe Ward from Derby. Yeah, he's. Uh, See, I don't think I'd want him. No, I, I... I'd take him. Yeah, Listen, I think he's a bit of a... Come across a bit of a bell when he's with us, didn't he? Let's be honest. Like on, on social media and stuff like that, I've seen a bit of an arrogant fucker. But as a footballer, I always quite liked him. He was a bit limited, um, 
but he was very solid down the right. And I think he would open that right side up for us again if we couldn't get Kyoso. We I do. really do. I, I would take him over at a Premier League right back. I'd take him all day. Uh, we, we, bring, we bring way too many players back to this club when we shouldn't be. It's just it's a posh thing to do. That and falling in love with, with lone players is, it seems to be the posh way. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I, on, I, I, I don't think you're giving Joe Ward enough credit. He, he had several years of us, he had a lot of assists. He was a very, very good player for us. Now, yes, you can be a bit bitter about the the playoff final where he made so, 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 so many mistakes in the 45 minutes that he played. And, you know, his his attitude to the Wolves club after that. But I take it back in a heartbeat. I absolutely would. If for nothing else, the lovely little smile he gave Ricky J. Jones after we scored the winner against Derby. It was beautiful to watch. It was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, it, do you know what? I think the reason, don't get me wrong, Joe Ward is, an, is a good player, but I think he stood out in a poor squad. I don't, I think in this squad, I, I would take Kyoso over, over Ward. I don't feel like we would get. Well, 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 I never said I'd have Ward over Kyoso. Nor so did I. I yeah, I'd have Ward over a Premier League uh, right back, you know, young championship right back. I would have Ward over them, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, up your way, Dan. Uh, Ogbetta's joined Bolton, scored on his uh, on his debut as well. He would he'd have a place to play at left back at the minute. He would, but he decided to join Bolton instead. Right. Like you said, we've got to stop falling in love with lone players. You know, forget about him. It's never going to happen. Uh, your, posh fans always say this. I've never, other than Kioso, obviously I'm a grown man. I don't love other other footballers. But um, when you say like falling in love with and really wanting to play, I've never. What lone players are we falling in love with? Well, Stephen Bender. There's many goalkeepers that we've had over the last. couple I did of years. like Bender, but yeah. for me, mainly. Um, no, Kyoso, I really, just because, not even with his football ability, I just love how, how passionate he is. I absolutely love that. And it's a dying breed in, in the modern game. So, yeah, Kyoso is the only one I've I've really wanted back. But. Another lone player we all fell in love with, and we all forget this because we signed him eventually, Sammy Smonix. Yeah, Callum Morton. No, obviously, we didn't fall in love with Callum Morton. It's... No, there is. There's, there's been a few, and it always seems to be defenders and goalkeepers that we seem to fall in love with. We've Sammy Schmodic. Yeah, apart from Sammy, Sammy's an enigma, though he doesn't, he doesn't count. But yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we, I do think we need some loan signings, even if they're not ready for the first team, because we are really threadbare. A couple of injuries, and we are, we are our season is done. Um, a proper negative Nelly tonight. Uh, one last thing, I just want to quickly chat to you both about. Uh, I know that you both. Uh, consume this quite a lot from your Amsterdam offices. Um, Posh Plus has been getting a little bit of grief this week. I know there were some technical issues during the uh, the Lincoln game. Um, we are now, what, half a season in, oh, just over half a season in without the BBC uh, contract. So, uh, you know, you know we, we've had enough time now to judge it. Do you think it's... Uh, do you still think the club made the right or wrong decision, Dan? I, I'll be honest... Bar the odd occasion, this weekend being one of them, I've barely noticed the difference. There's a little less I follow fanfare, you know, a little less promotion of the league in general. Um, but it, it still works the same. You can still watch the game. That's all I really cared about in the first place. The commentary is terrible, but it was terrible before. You know, we're not really losing anything there, with the exception of our our very good friend Sam Edwards. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, thanks. Um, you know, like. You're not really noticing a difference in the production value or anything like that. 
yes, this weekend was very poor. I agree with everyone on, on, on X. God, it feels so wrong saying that. It's Twitter. I agree with everyone on Twitter that this week's quality was poor. It was buffering constantly. It was just running in and out. We didn't have commentary, though, for 20 minutes at the start of the game. And I, for one, would say that was a fantastic win. More of that, please. I don't really consume it because, obviously, I'm a law-abiding citizen. But, Jared, you you watch it a fair bit, don't you? Yeah, I'll... Like Dan, really, there's not been a, a huge change. I do feel for the for the people who are, you know, relying on the radio, I don't think it's as accessible and easy for them because obviously with the uh, the distance and the zones and things like that, I know people have been saying about. But yeah, for me as a posh plus um, consumer, as you say, um, I think it's really good value for money is what I would say. Um, I can't remember what I pay. I think it's £140 because obviously every Saturday I'm always in Europe. So um, and I think whatever that works out to a game, I'm, I've been really happy with it. Um, yeah, the commentary it is what it is. I think it's a little bit less um, opinionated because obviously they're employed by the club, fully understand that, they don't want to lose their jobs. And for posh fans getting, I presume they're getting paid, um, a couple of ginsters, whatever they get, uh, it, it's great for them because they, you know, they get the, to get to travel and watch the team and, and, and commentate on it. It's, it's ideal. So, no, I think it's improved. I mean, the pre-match stuff, I I'm always make sure that's on you. Um, I'm sick to death of hearing what Josh Knight's favourite colour is and shit like that. But um, No, I, I must say, the uh, yeah, I, I am, I'm a fan of Posh Plus. It's, it's really, really handy for me anyway. Yeah. On the field, uh, let's talk the Pizza Cup very briefly. Uh, beat Crawley 2-1 in the rearranged game, which puts us through to the quarterfinals this week against AFC Wimbledon. As you're listening to this, that will probably have already been played, to be honest, so we won't dwell on this too much. But, um, Dan, it was a, the Crawley game was... I mean, it wasn't overly pretty. They they played quite well. I thought Crawley played quite well. Posh did, I suppose, just enough, really, to get through. Yeah, we did, but... You know, bear in mind, it wasn't a full-strength squad. We played a couple of the squad players in, in starting roles. We got Fuchs out for a few minutes, which he desperately needed. You know, yes, it was, in general, a lacklustre performance that we scraped through. But that's all we need to do. And, you know, I'm happy that players are getting the minutes and getting a bit more time on the pitch. If we can get Fuchs back to his, his previous fitness and, and previous ability, he's a fantastic asset to have. And, you know, he gives us a bit more depth, which is, again, what we desperately, desperately need. A bit controversial, and people are going to at me for this because everyone knows that I love a cup run. I wouldn't mind if we lost tomorrow. I, I really wouldn't. I've been speaking all week to uh, to a Bolton fan um, about, you know, the, their cup run last year and how they went to Wembley and, and did it all. Then it ended up costing them because they played too many games and they didn't have the squad depth. Now, I would argue that our squad depth is worse than Bolton's was last year, just on player base alone. And the added three games that we necess- don't necessarily have to play, if you know, if, if we're being honest, is potentially going to hurt us. Yes, I'd love a trip to Wembley. It's fantastic when you go and we all, we all love a cup run. However... If we are focused on promotion with this squad right here, right now, I'm not opposed to playing the kids against Wimbledon and just saying cheers, bye. Yeah, but we don't. So we we've only got two games to Wembley after That's... the Wimbledon game. We're mild, like the the, the semi final and the final aren't played until like all that. Bolton, do you know what I mean? All that like... Bolton fan do is doing, Dan, is just blaming it on 
on the actual Wembley win. Bollocks, he's talking. You yeah. say, like, Critchlow plays, uh, Emmanuel Fernandez, uh, Fuchs, De Havilland, Adjaboy, Mothersill. These players are not playing each week, so what does it matter? Like, play them again against Wimbledon if we get through. Brilliant. I'm not saying play the first 11, but yeah, no, two or three games more. Well, it's not going to make a difference. We're all young lads, isn't they? Yeah, no, I agree. I feel like now is the point where we should start to to pay a bit of interest in it because um, we would absolutely all go to uh, to Wembley. Um, the big one this week, Lincoln nil, Posh nil. Uh, Joe, this was, I mean, it, it, it was boring. I'm trying to think of the right adjective, but it was boring. No word of a lie, I generally did fall asleep um, between 50 minutes and 75 minutes. That was because I had a very late night the night before, but it also was absolutely mind-bogglingly boring. It was terrible. Um, but it was, I think you knew it was going to be one of the games after like 10, 15 minutes, everything was scrappy. Um, it was, I think it was quite a packed house, wasn't it? It was, well, not packed, but it was, a, it seemed a good atmosphere there. Um, yeah, you could tell it was going to be maybe a, someone, a bit of quality and Jay Jones and that will hurt you, Tim. But, um, yeah, it did actually hit the bar, um, with a really awkward chance. I love you now as well. Um, yeah, no, it was, he, did, he did well, took it well. He did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think a point, not the end of the world. I'm not overreacting about it. I think they were, they did what they had to do and you know, we couldn't really break them down either. So, yeah, nil-nil all over that was. Disappointed with this one, Dan, or do you share Jared's uh, optimism? Look, I'm disappointed every time we don't pick up three points. Uh, it's, that's the, the simplicity of it. You know, we're, we're a football team chasing promotion. When we drop sound points, like Tim on the Charlton pod. <laughs> well, good. He made a good point in that case. You know, any time that we drop points and others pick them up is a bad day at the office for us. Uh, I, I, I'd like to see the disallowed goal back. I don't know if it was offside. It looked very, very tight for me. Um, Ricky J. Jones was very unlucky in um, in his miss. So, look, a draw is better than a loss, I guess, but I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think that was a, a shining example of the fact that we're missing a bit of depth and something to bring off the bench because JCH came on and he did nothing. In terms of the table, then, it does take us out of the top two. Pompey managed to uh, secure a 1-0 win, so they stayed top, played 29, 59 points. Bolton, you have to say, are the clear favourites. No, well, not clear favourites, but the favourites at least. Played 27, 57 points, two games in hand over Pompey and one over us. We find ourselves in third, played 28, 56 points. Also on 56 points are Derby, but they played a game extra. Barnsley are in fifth and Stevenage have re-entered the playoff race. They move into sixth uh, with a game in hand over Oxford, who drop to seventh. Uh, it's quite tight there. Uh, I still think Stevenage will drop off and I will die on that hill. I've been saying it all season. Um, not that we care too much uh, about the bottom. Um, Fleetwood, Carlisle and Cheltenham, you would have to argue, are pretty much down. And then Reading, Port Vale, Wickham. And interestingly, Charlton, you would say, make up the relegation battle at the moment. If only they'd bought a certain striker wonder if they could have kept themselves up and freed up a spot in our squad for a certain return of the PK. Quick break and we will preview Wigan. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, Wigan at home. In fact, we've got two games between now and the next time. No, we haven't. Well, we have. We've got the Peter Cup game, but we won't talk about that because it's tomorrow, so it's pointless. So let's focus on the weekend. Home to Wigan. Uh, this is a home game, so you'd like to feel it's a, a game that we should win. Jared, is this one that you would expect us to win? Um, Yes, but I think it'll be a tough one. Wigan, despite their place in the league, are quite a good team. Um, so yeah, I'd like to think we'll win, but I can't see it being an easy one. Yeah, they are 13th, Dan. They, uh, have won two of their last five. They lost, uh, this weekend. Um, they score, they score plenty of goals, uh, to be fair. The problem is they, they ship them for fun as well. So it's got all the makings, of course, of a nil-nil now I've said that, but potentially could be a good game this one. Yeah, I, I, they're very capable of scoring. Obviously they've done over... Uh, Bolton once already this season 4-0 uh, away from home that was at Bolton um, and you know they're I think the last side to beat us in the league if I'm not mistaken uh, back in November I don't think we've lost since then in the league um, again if I'm wrong by all means correct me 7th of November away at the DW Wigan 2 Peterborough 1 up the ticks that was yeah that was that was about right yeah. So, yeah, they're a very capable side. Obviously, their position in the league, I don't think, is fair reflection. Obviously, you have to bear in mind their points deductions in there. But, look, I, 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 any game this at home this season, I would back us. You know, we do look very capable at home. We, you know, shining example of, of the form that we were in last time we got promoted at home. You know, we were making London Road into a fortress. Um, so, I'd, I'd like to say we come out with a win, yeah. You change anything for this one, Jared, or is it the same eleven led with uh, Ricky Joe Jones leading the line? Yeah, absolutely. I stick with how it is. Um, I don't think Poku's back yet, as he think for the Port Vale game. Fergie said so. Yeah, stick how it is. Hopefully, we will get the three points. First match of a new month. Which Actually, is... no, we can't keep the same because we've got a got a new keeper. We lost our keeper, so yes, but Bilo obviously will be playing the Pizza Cup game, so you'd expect him to be back. And of course, there may be incomings and outgoings between now and, and Saturday. Uh, what we all know is that as we kick off the Wigan game, that is our squad for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see who lines up. It is a new month for me, so there's a little bit of admin to do. So, just before, while I talk through the fixtures for February, have a think about your Ivan Tony. Uh, award nominations for January. Uh, these are your fixtures then for February. So we've got Wigan at home this Saturday. We've then away at Exeter next Tuesday. Wickham away the following Saturday. Port Vale at home a week on Tuesday. And then Blackpool at home on the 17th. So we've got two weeks uh, of Tuesday, Saturdays. I suppose four weeks if you include the two Pizza Cup games that we've had. Uh, but we've definitely got two weeks of um, midweek league games to come. And then we finish off the month away at a certain shabby stadium. Uh, tickets have gone on sale for this one. So Wigan, Exeter, Wickham, Port Vale, Blackpool, Cambridge, Dan, on paper, looks okay as far as months go. Yeah, I, it's going to be the making of our season, really, isn't it? You know, like, there's no dramatically big games in there, you would argue, apart from, obviously, the derby. Um, 
No, we're not playing Derby. We've played them already. Ha ha ha! You're so funny. <laughs> um, you know, so on paper, you would say we can come out of that with with full points. Now we know football doesn't work like that, but on paper, I'd, I'd back our chances. It's it's not these months that I'm worried about. It's not February. It's not March. It's it's when we come into April and we've got that run of playing. What is it? Something stupid like five out of the top ten in the last eight games. That's all at home, though. All at they home. are all at home. Yeah, 100%. They are all at home. But I just keep looking at the fixture list and looking at Bolton at home on the last day of the season and thinking, oh, oh no. I'd be done by them. It better be, because I'm away for that weekend and I'll be, honestly, if it's all relying on that game, I'll be fuming. Where are you going? <laughs> Coventry. It's not, it's not the other side of the world. I'll probably come back for it, but I'll be... Uh... You're visiting Tim? No, no, not quite. You're not there now, are you, Tim? Yeah, I'm close enough. I could, I could meet you there. Well, last year I went, didn't I? And you was like, I swear you like jogged past the hotel. I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think right. I'm say hello you. though, but I think I'm saying. No, I, I saw the structural engineers there um, trying to look up which floor you were on at the time. Um, Ivan Tony Award for January. Then, who's your nomination, Dan? Uh, Ephraim Mason Clark. I think he's he's done bits this this month for us. <laughs> Jared, oh. Jared is fuming. <laughs> is two two fuming. things. He said done bits, which is horrific, <laughs> and uh, he also took my nomination. Um, you can have him as well, Jared. It's I will have him. Mate, yeah, Mason Clark. Fine. I who am I to disagree with uh, three times host of the season winner and uh, a man that could sport a top knot haircut? So, uh, Ephraim Mason Clark, congratulations. That's possibly the most seamless and easy. Ivan Tony Award we've we've had to give um, for a long time. Ephraim Mason Clark, you are the Ivan Tony Award winner for January. Well done, sir. Prediction League update for you. Here's your top 10. Squadron leader Jetwash remains uh, top, has now used their triple chip point, though. Uh, they have 23 points. David Dillaway, Carl Irving, they are both second and tied second on 18 points. Dell is fourth on 17. Seamus Walker is fifth on 16. Emerald Posh, Josh Mackey are joint sixth with 15 points. Jared, you are eighth. You've come from nowhere uh, on 13 points. You have used your triple chip, though. Uh, producer Danny and myself make up the top 10 uh, on 12 points. And then we find uh, Dan in 11th, Sam in 12th. Uh, well, join 11th because you've both got nine points. And then Nathan is trying his best. He is uh, in 19th with six points. So I need a prediction, please, for Wigan at home, uh, Jared. 2-1 posh. 2-1 posh. You have used your triple chip, so I cannot uh, see if you want to use that. Dan? Sorry, there was a bit of background noise. Bear with me. I'll, I'll do it for Dan. Uh, I think we'll lose 4-0. He's having his microwave pudding, <laughs> isn't he? He is, yeah. All right. Uh, be quiet, Grandad. Um, <laughs> Wigan at home. I think we win 2 0. You're all flustered there, Dan. He reminded me of Kisby. He reminded me of Kisby then. I think. No, you were you were flustered and your camera was off. Were you? Was something happening under the table then? Look how red you've gone. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you know that scene in between is where they watch him get wanked off. That's what yeah. I feel like we're doing now. Whoa, whoa. Oh, hey, this is a family-friendly sponsored podcast. Talk Sport would not abide by this kind of conversation. Of course they would. They have Simon let's Jordan on their change, show. Let's swiftly change the subject, gents. I've paid good money for these kind of webcam shows. He's definitely so. being pulled off, isn't he? He's being pulled off, definitely. <laughs> Look at how happy he is. Look at him. I've it's like he's at a gig. Like <laughs> it's just the way the camera went blank. He came in very quickly. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, no. He definitely came in. We're going to win 2 0. 
He's on the home straight. And he predicted we'll win 2 0, which is very undone. It's very on me. He did just for the first score. He wants you, want you to fuck off quick. That's right. <laughs> Uh, my prediction for this one, uh, we win 4-2. Uh, let's go with that. I do think, though, and I, I know I've said it for a few weeks now, I do feel like we are on a, a due a little dip in form at some point, so I'm mindful of that. I feel like our performances have maybe dropped a touch, obviously because of that right side. So maybe this won't be as easy as perhaps we expect. Uh, in any case, we will see. And we've got a big few days ahead of us with the transfer window. Will the lack of signings come back to haunt us? I don't know. Anything that you fellas would like to talk about? Dan, obviously, I know you're now quite keen to go and get cleaned up, but anything you want to chat about, Jared, before we uh, wrap up? No, just that I hope that um, the club stick to their guns and and keep saying no, um, because, yeah, I just really don't want to lose one of our big hitters. Yeah, Dan wasn't able to say no to a big hit there. Anything you wanted to cover, Dan? You've got to stop. No, I, I echo what... <laughs> is that what you said, was it? That's what you've been saying with the cameras of it. You've got to stop and record it. Just covered his lap. He don't want to cover anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think I agree with, with Jared. We can't afford to lose anyone, really. And, you know, there's rumours now, as we come up to the end of the, the window, that Ephraim Mason Clark's being sniffed at. Ronnie Edwards has had rumours since he was 18 that, you know, bigger clubs want to come in for him. So... Yeah, it's meant just, to be Norwich, isn't it? For and what yeah, Norwich is such a good sh- move, is it? It is. Uh, Norwich yeah. is like, look, say what you want, and I know there's. I know oh, no, they're a bigger club. They're a bigger reason. club. They're yeah. a bigger club, but you're not going to get anywhere with them, are you? Yeah, you get well, regularly in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. What for, for six months and then, or nine months, and they get shot back down again? No, it, yeah. he needs to get to a better club than that. I don't think he's. Oh dear, sorry. I don't know where that came from. I'm just belched at it. I don't think he would. Uh, I don't think he's quite ready for a bigger club yet. I feel like Norwich is probably about the right level for him just now. To be fair. Oh, Jared, is your missus there as well now? Yeah, she just is walked it? in. Hi, Chloe. I don't. She don't turn your camera off when your missus comes in there. My door's one. right behind me. Yeah. She's telling me. She's telling me to be quiet. Oh, sorry. We're waking the kids. And hello to Tim. Hi, Chloe. Oh. He said hi, Chloe. Oh, and hi, the one who goes to gigs. She said. Oh, hello. That's, that's you, Dan. Yeah. Is it? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, she because yeah, she knew that band that you was at the other day. Just shut the fucking door, then you won't hear me, will you? <laughs> what band was I? Oh, had. Oh, yeah, shut yeah. the door. Shut the door, then. Oh, shut the door. I can hear you. Shut the door. So we've got opposite opposite ends of the marriage spectrum going on on tonight. She's saying you're, make, you're making too much noise with the fucking door open. And now she's opened it again. <laughs> Chloe, shut the door. We're two minutes off from finishing. You always do this when I'm about to finish. Really? <laughs> shut the door. <laughs> Danny, you've got Fuck to keep all this in. Jesus. Yeah, maybe for the green room, though. <laughs> I feel like I want to it's talk. Patreon all over. I feel like I want to uh, bring up some extra points now just to keep you talking, Jared. What's your thoughts on um, What's your thoughts on the new, I don't know, posh range of T-shirts that they've released? I don't know. <laughs> None of them fit me. Yeah, that's really tense. Well, actually, you've made a good point there, and I, I'm very conscious that we are about to finish. But this, um, well, you, joint, some of us already have. Behave. <laughs> this joint venture that Dara and the new shareholder have apparently gone in on the Smotique yes. is a clothing brand that specialises yeah. in sports clothing. You would imagine we probably move away from the Puma deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think this. Yeah. I did think this, and I did have a quick look on their website. They've got some quite nice designs, to be fair, and it would, they're all unique, so it's not like another catalogue shirt. As long as the fans are consulted, because this year's home kit, I'm not a big fan. He is a fan. I, he is a fan, isn't he? This this guy. So I feel like he's a I think it'd be the last fifteen years. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, in fairness, I think he moved to the area then, didn't he? Um, but it's good that someone actually moved to the area and started supporting the team rather than keep going to Arsenal or something. But yeah, no, I'm uh, quite excited for that because, like you say, it'll be more maybe retro designs. We'll have something a little bit different. Just copy and paste a lot of it with Nike and Adidas, isn't it? It's, you see like Cheltenham in the exact same strip with a different badge on. It's a bit... Yeah. Yeah, so motique. Let's hope it happens. Is that is that is that, is that it? I don't know, but sorry to any Cheltenham fans listening. Apologies that Jarrah's just. No, I'm just saying your kits are shit like ours. Yeah, a bit like the team. To hey, be fair. The, the gold one's nice. The gold. I, I I do like our gold shirt. Gold shirt. Yeah. It, well, it's blue and red, isn't it? But everyone calls it the gold shirt because it's got gold trim around the collar. The third. The third kit. Yeah. Third. It's not gold though, Dan. No, I know, but it's got gold trim, so everyone calls it the gold shirt. He's got okay. post nut like confusion anyway, joke. Yeah. More on the blue block uh, next week. Yeah, isn't it? And just, uh, Joe, if you could just speak a bit louder, just piss Chloe off a bit more. Um, I know, I'm quite nervous now. Yeah, isn't it? Just tell her if she wants to vent, I'm happy to listen to how much of a bastard you are. Uh, if she wants to message me. Sure. I'm sure she'd tell you, yeah. Yeah, no problem at all. Thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of The Yellow Block. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on the socials or visit our website, www.theyellowblock.co.uk. Here's Good time. Here's to, isn't it? That is that 100% happening under the table. He's got his hands behind his head. Look at his him. Chest thrust forward. <laughs> Here's to a quiet week at the posh. Up the posh. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.